Welcome to RI Hospitality Podcast, a series from the Rhode Island Hospitality Association with your host, me, Bill Bartholomew. Today, we welcome Tony Fonseca of Packaging and More. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? Oh, excellent. Thanks. Here we go. Summertime. Can't beat it as we, although it's, I guess it's going to snow this weekend. Somebody said that. It's New England. If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. That's it. Exactly. Um, (laughs) All right. So packaging and more, it's a second generation family owned business. Can you kind of give us a brief history of the business and your involvement? Absolutely. Yeah. So I uh, co-own the business with my brother. Uh, We've worked together since 2005. My dad started the company in 1993. So we, uh, we overlapped for a couple of years with the three of us. And uh, my dad has uh, mostly been phased out of the business since around 2007, 2008. And it's just been my brother and I since then. We're a distributor. We're the B and the A to B to C. So the A would be the manufacturers. Uh, we buy from them. And C are the end users, like the restaurants, hotels, and grocery stores of Rhode Island. And we buy from the manufacturers and ship to the, to the end users, to our, to our uh, retailers and hospitality members. What type of packaging products do you sell? We sell everything. So uh, a bag to put bread in, a takeout container to bring home fresh lasagna, um, ovenable stuff. So if you want to buy it cold and heat it up at home, we do produce bags and reusable reusable bags. Uh, you name it, anything that food goes in, we sell. It can be just for takeout. It also can be for merchandising too. Let's talk about some of the, the new trends that have come out of the pandemic. Do you Have you noticed anything that you think will stick in the future, anything that came in your industry and in your purview that going forward, it's probably going to stick around. Sure. Well, I would say ordering ahead, mm-hmm. uh, I think is here to stay. I think the convenience of being at your desk at five o'clock, if you're even at your desk, if you're at your home office and going on an app and ordering and picking up your food 30 minutes later uh, without waiting for it, I think that's here to stay. I think I always reference those two parking spots at Chili's that were never used right in front that said, these are for to-go call-ahead orders or whatever. Uh, those parking spots are going to be at every restaurant, um, every restaurant, because people are going to continue to call ahead to pick up and not wait. I think that I think that's absolutely here to stay. Uh, the most interesting trend that I think will be interesting that it'll be it'll be I wonder where it'll go. But in March of 2019, that was the first month in American history that Americans spent more money at bars and restaurants than they did at grocery stores. And then obviously during the pandemic, the shift has gone very much back to the grocery stores. I'm not sure the percentages, but it'll be interesting to see when hospitality retakes grocery stores again, since it was only just over two years ago that that happened for the first time. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, that'll, that'll be interesting to monitor that specific data as kind of the next year, two, even three years proceeds here. Um, how does the demand for eco-friendly or green products have an effect on your supply chain? Uh, I think the whole supply chain in the country is specific to what we do, uh, whether things are made from polystyrene, which is foam, PET, which is clear plastic, polypropylene, which is microwavable plastic, cardboard, uh, paperboard, paper bags, aluminum foil. Every single one of those items has had a dramatic rise in cost in the last four to five months, every single one. And so eco-friendly has the same increase as the cheapest product out there, which would be something from polystyrene or a foam byproduct. So everything across the board has now, uh, has now gone up in cost. So it's, it's not, it's not indicative of how environmentally friendly it is or how environmentally friendly it is not. 
it's indicative of, I don't think anything in this country was designed to be made with people standing six feet apart, eight feet apart. I think a majority of these manufacturing facilities, we've seen it in poultry plants throughout the pandemic. Uh, people are designed to work near each other, work long shifts, quarantines and COVID are debilitating from just a, not, not from a health standpoint, just from a staffing and a, and a efficiency standpoint. And so I think that that's trickled down to the cost of everything right now, specifically in my business. Yeah. And that who knows what that will look like as we move forward as well. You would assume it's going to reset at some point here, but the same question I asked you earlier, you know, I'm sure some manufacturers are thinking that as well. Like, Hmm, how do we adapt in a positive way? And then also correct the, the, the drop off in production that we've experienced during, during the pandemic. I think all along the way, I think it's, you know, the manufacturer has the first cost increase and they absorb a little, and then they pass them on. And then we absorb some a little bit, and then we have to eventually pass some on. And I think ultimately it's going to re- result in increased menu costs, uh, specifically to restaurants. Um, unfortunately, menu prices are going to have to go up. I mean, and people will, this won't be a surprise when Cheerios cost more and even toilet paper and diapers and uh, bare necessities cost more. And I also think that, um, you know, if the takeout thing is here to stay, I think that there could be uh, different prices if you dine in or if you if you get your food to go, because again, that wrap cost to put your stuff in a package, put it in a bag, get it out the door, uh, that's an increased cost to a restaurant. So consumers have to be ready to pay a different price ultimately um, if, if these trends continue. Yeah, really interesting stuff right there, getting into the minutia of you know, the, the, the price points and everything. And I think it's, it's such a, uh, an important element of the quote unquote new normal is like, look, it, it, it's not free to do these things that have been going on in the pandemic when it comes to adjusting for takeout and um, whether that's beverages or food or prepared food, it's not free. Those pennies all add up. Right. And yeah. so, um, and, and we know that labor costs more, um, you know, and I don't, I, you know, it's, it's a line on a spreadsheet, how much your people cost. And it's a line on a spreadsheet, how much your foods cost. And if we're doing 50% of your business's takeout, that's an increased cost. And so eventually, as, as I was saying, all those pennies add up. Lastly, can you describe how the Rhode Island Hospitality Association supports you or your customers? Oh, I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> I, I mean, the staff of Rhode Island Hospitality has had to figure out every piece of the pandemic, uh, just like I did as an operator, just like my customers did. Um, I think ultimately, when we look back on this, what Rhode Island Hospitality did was find ways to keep people open. And if you stayed open, you're in a better place more than likely right now than if you closed for any period of time. And Rhode Island Hospitality helped from a, from a sanitation standpoint, they helped from a legal standpoint, they help from a funding standpoint, they help from an advocacy standpoint. And there was inherent risk in the industry being closed. And that same mentality has applied to making sure we have an industry that can safely reopen. And Rhode Island Hospitality has been there every step of the way. As a board member from before the pandemic and, and certainly through the pandemic, it's I get a peek behind the curtain. I get to see and hear a lot of what goes on. And I don't get to hear and see all of it because I'm not a restaurant operator. But on the flip side, I have many customers that are in that boardroom that are operators. And um, 
you know, I hear the same thing from all of them that I'm saying right now. I mean, they, they found ways to keep the lights on and what more can you, what more can you ask of Dale and Sarah and Heather and the whole team? I mean, that's it. It's awesome. Tony, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Great talking to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of RI Hospitality Podcast. For more information, visit rihospitality.org or search RI Hospitality on your preferred social media platform.